Hello, everyone. I'm Glenn Birkins, uh, publisher of Q City Metro. I hope you have had a good and productive day. Thank you for joining us uh, for this, uh, what I hope will be the first of many, many discussions about entrepreneurship, uh, growing small businesses. Uh, I'm really excited today for a number of reasons. One, uh, because of our very special guest today, uh, Donna Maria. Donna, you and I have been talking for so many years now about trying to find a way that we could collaborate on something. And I'm so glad we finally found a way to do it. I'm so excited, Glenn. I'm really thrilled to be here with you and all the Key City Metro people. Okay. Uh, before we get started, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping things. Uh, next month, some of you may know, is small, it's, it's small Business Month. It starts with Small Business Week nationally. But I believe here in Charlotte, it is celebrated all month long. So May will be Small Business Month. So we're going to be looking to do a lot of exciting things around uh, around small businesses. Hope, hopefully having some uh, local entrepreneurs who can join us for very short discussions about various aspects of running a business. Uh, one way you can keep up with those is if you see the Q City Metro logo, if you click on that, it will take you to a place where it will say follow and you can follow us and you will be notified each time we we uh, produce one of these. Or you can just, I think you can find that same kind of bluish green button at the top of your screen perhaps. Uh, and uh, you can follow that way. Uh, one of the things that we're really excited about, we recently signed uh, signed an agreement with Fifth Third Bank, and they're going to be joining us in some of our uh, small business discussions. And so, uh, once again, please please feel free to join us. If you uh, have any questions as we go along, you can add them to the chat. Uh, behind the scenes is uh, Bethany Lane. She's going to be monitoring the chat for us. Say hello, Bethany. Um, uh, and, um, uh, hi everyone. Hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, we can hear you. And so without, uh, and so without further ado, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to share my screen. This may get a little bit bumpy, but, uh, I'm going to share my screen. And, uh, so, so, uh, Donna Marie, you gave me this, you gave me this visual. What, what's, what's this about? <laughs> I did, Glenn. I'm so glad you're starting with that because this is my life right here on the right side of the page. Um, this is just a basic illustration of what a lot of us think we're getting into when we start a business or a, a lot of ventures in life and, and businesses so much like a lot of the other things that we do in our lives in terms of how it challenges and sharpens us. But a lot of times we think, okay, we'll take step one and then we'll go up to step two step three, and, and we feel like it should be somewhat linear because it really looks linear from the outside looking in. But when you get into a business, it's a little bit messier than that. And I kind of see it less as a ladder and more as a jungle gym or a kid's recreation area where one day you're sliding down the slide and the next day you're falling off the swing. Another day, the merry-go-round is going way too fast. Um, and then another day, the park is closed. So you just kind of have to sort of have the mindset of not having a linear journey, but understanding that as the leader of your business, you're going to be jumping around from one thing to another constantly. 
And you've got to kind of get used to that and, and not allow it to frustrate you, but just to be challenged by it and to move through it one step at a time. So uh, I failed to actually have you formally introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and, and your entrepreneurial journey and how you are helping other people along their way. So uh, take just a minute and tell us who you are and how you got to this place. Okay, Glenn, well, thank you. Um, briefly, I started my career like many people do with a traditional job, had a really traditional job. It was a really good job. I'm an attorney by trade, went to college, went to law school, all the things. And ultimately, I practiced law for a while, loved my job. I enjoyed what I did. And certainly I had a, I was well paid. I was in Washington, DC at the time where there's no shortage of lawyers, right? Um, but I eventually uh, found that I wanted to do something else. And this was 21 years ago. Like no one seemed to be quitting their jobs 21 years ago, but that's exactly what I did because I wanted to do something else with my life. So long story short, Glenn, I learned how to make my own beauty products. And I took classes on the internet and um, the internet, I use that term loosely 21 years ago, but I met people online, I should say, who taught me how to do things by phone and by books and think, in d discussion groups on the internet. And I started my own business. And from then I just kind of grew from there. I ultimately made my own cosmetics line, which was fabulous in my mind, but not a lot of people were buying it. But what people were coming to me for Glenn was business advice because I had a knack for being able to sell things. So people who had cosmetics lines that were way better than mine uh, started asking me how to sell their products. And I eventually became more successful at helping them sell their products than I was at selling mine. And so I found my niche. And uh, what I did was I started the Indie Business Network, which is an organization that basically trains and mentors entrepreneurs how to have more fun in their business and how to sell more products and, and really build a long-term success business and not just something that sort of starts and stops and starts and stops. So that's what I do. And I've been doing it for 21 years and I love it. So when we talk about these five phases that all businesses go through, all successful mm -hmm. businesses, uh, do they apply across industries? Do they apply to the indie, indie industry as well as say someone who might have a lawn service or someone who might uh, uh, be a, a web developer, whatever? That's a good question. And yes, they do. Um, at working with uh, all sorts of business from all, all businesses from all walks of life over the past two decades, I saw patterns. I saw patterns of success. I saw patterns of failure. And the patterns of success generally followed this success path that we're going to be sharing with everyone today. Now, it was a jungle gym for most people. Like it didn't go step one, step two, step three. It kind of moved around a little bit because circumstances change based on people, based on their, their season of life, what's happening. Are you a, a mom of young children or are, you, are your children out of the home or what have you? So you're going to have different details, but the big picture definitely follows these paths, whether you're talking about a very tiny small business, a restaurant, or um, it, it, any business at all. So let's look at this first one. Yeah. Uh, emerge, build a solid foundation. And you say most people skip this part. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that. Well, the emerge phase is when you're emerging in your entrepreneurial journey. And by emerge, I simply mean 
you're really coming out of your shell. So you're building a foundation at this point. And what happens with a lot of people, Glenn, is they're so excited about their new thing that they wanna get out into a world that they just put it out there and it's ready to go and we're on social media and we're telling everybody what we're doing. But what we haven't done first is sort of think about how this business is gonna impact our lives and think about what it is that we're building. What do we want this business to do for us? Have we set up any sort of structure for the business? So it's not just kind of, you know, out there. Do we have a bank account? Do we have, we thought about the brand name of the business in the, in, in the sense of, do I have a brand name that I can own and no one can steal it from me? And do I have a trademark that I'm going to be filing for to get registered for my business? So the adrenaline is really high early on. And once you settle on, I'm going to sell this thing and it's going to be awesome and it's going to change people's lives. You tend to kind of skip over all the foundational stuff and just start selling. Usually what happens when people do that is they end up missing a lot of the basics and they end up coming back to do them later when they've spent a lot of money and a lot of time. So my thought is, and what I've seen over and over again, is when you start with the foundational basics and you get those things in order and you build a solid core, you can build on top of that everything else that you need. But if you don't get the core solid, what happens is you start piling stuff onto uh, shifting sand and eventually it's either going to crumble or it's going to frustrate you so much that you live in this world of, you know, oh my gosh, I hate this life that I've created for myself. And you need to go back and put some of those things in place and shore them up. So, so once again, what are, what are, what are some of those foundational things? Uh, that might, that might be one of the things that I actually did right before I launched Q City Metro. <laughs> uh, I enrolled yeah. in a class in C at CPCC. And we yeah. went, went over all of those foundational things from registering the business to mm -hmm. uh, paying taxes to, as you say, trademarks and everything yeah. else. What are, yeah. what are some of those other uh, foundational things that people should do before yes. they actually open their, their doors? Glenn, there are three main ones that I'll share right now, and they're all tied together. The first is to make sure that you know what hole in the market your product is filling. So for example, you may have a great product, but there are lots of great products. Like there really isn't anything that you can bring to market today that someone else isn't already doing. And so what you need to be able to do is to think about what niche your product is gonna fit into. So for example, coffee, there's so much coffee, right? Doesn't mean you can't have a successful coffee business, but who are you selling coffee to? Like what's the empty space in the market for coffee? Is it coffee from a certain country? Is it coffee that has a certain flavor? Does it have CBD in it? Like what is the thing about your coffee that is gonna make people want to buy it over other people's coffee? And then secondly, who is your target? Who are you aiming your products at? And a lot of times we think, well, everybody wants to buy coffee. Everybody needs uh, business coaching, right? I'm a business coach. Like who doesn't need that? I'll just attract anyone. That's kind of being all things to all people. And we know what happens when you do that. So you want to make sure that you have defined who it is that you're selling your product to. What keeps them up at night? How are you solving their particular problems? And then thirdly, you really want to think about how this business is going to impact your life. I spoke with a woman just today who has a business with several different products, like, and she creates them all herself. And she has a full-time job. 
and she's wondering why she doesn't have any sales. And there could be a lot of reasons for that. But in my conversations with her, we uncovered that she's got great products, but she has, she didn't think about how this, what her evenings were going to be spent doing when she came home from eight or nine hours at her job, what that was going to look like. So maybe it would have been better to launch one or two products instead of the 15 or 20 that she has in her line. So thinking along those lines um, are some of the things that you do when you emerge. Before you start telling the whole world about what you're doing, you kind of get your ducks in a row and you do some deep diving and internal planning about who you're gonna reach, what you're gonna sell, and why they would buy your products over someone else's. You have to have that message, otherwise people will just gloss over you as just another cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. When, when you're talking about finding that niche, niche mm -hmm. how do you know when you have the sweet spot? We all think we do. We all think that our product is going to be great and everyone's going to flock to it. I remember I remember when I launched Cute City Metro, I was thinking, as soon as I flip the switch, the whole world is going to flock to this website. And yeah. that did not happen. Uh, I think it was maybe two people the first day. And then after that, it was just maybe me the second day. Uh, so how do you know when you have that sweet spot? That seems like a lot of work, a lot of market research, perhaps. Yes, it is a lot of research. And today, the beautiful thing about that is your research is right here. It's already in your pocket. You can Google to see what other people are doing. You can look up any market, any industry. You can find the main players in that industry and you can follow them on Instagram. Facebook, you can subscribe to their newsletters, you can go to their virtual events. Most brands these days have some sort of free virtual event, we're at one now, right? Where you can actually peek under the hood and see exactly what they're doing and learn about their target audience while you are actually a part of their audience. So when, I, when we talk about market research today compared to 20 years ago when I started my business, and maybe even when, when you started Q-City Metro, it's a totally different world with technology today. Um, we had to do a lot of guessing, a lot of newspaper reading, maybe go to the library. Today, it is all right here in your pocket. So my suggestion is you Google and you find out about your industry. A couple things you can do, you can join a trade association that serves your industry. You can read books, you can get them on Audible. A lot of times they're free. Um, you know, with ebooks and so forth. And also pick five or 10 brands that are doing kind of what you think you want to do. Subscribe to their publications. You will basically, if you do that for six months, you will see the whole business plan laid out step by step because they have no choice but to share with you what they're doing as they do it. So you can very quickly and easily do that research today and see what's working and what's not working. I've got so many questions that I could ask, but we have to keep it moving. And we have a question here from, from uh, Patrice. How do you go back to the emerge phase? Okay, that's a good question. And a, a, it's a question that I answer frequently. So what, what you want to do, and the devil's in the details, but the big picture, Patrice, and thank you for this question, is you, you, you pause. Like you pause. Now, by pause, I don't mean like shut everything down. You keep doing whatever it is that you're doing because I'm assuming you're serving some people, like you have some audience that's buying or paying attention to what you're doing. So you don't want to cut them off. But at the same time you're doing that, your, your back end work you know, in your office needs to be going back into the original emerge phase and seeing what foundational steps you may have missed. Like who is that target audience? 
Do I have a brand name that I can own and control? Or is my brand name taken on Twitter and Instagram and so forth? And therefore with social media, I have like five different names and it's very confusing. So all of the things that you are doing now, keep doing them, but make some room in your life and in the space that you occupy to go back and start looking at some of the foundational things that you might've missed and shore them up. And then you can move forward again. Thank you, Patrice, for that uh, question. We're going to try to answer as many of your questions as we uh, can. Before we go to the uh, next uh, phase, uh, Donna Maria, have have you ever told someone, I don't think you should do this. I don't think you should go into business. Um, no, I've never told anyone that. What I have told people and what I actually told someone today is you need to stop and go back to the basics. Like what you're doing right now is not working. And if you keep doing it, it will just keep not working. Right. And so I, I, I do tell people that what I, what I, what I make sure I say is that, listen, I believe entrepreneurship is for everyone. I do. However, the right information is critical. If you don't have the right information to help you take the steps that you need to take, to move through all of the frustration and all the excitement. Actually, it's a combination of both that entrepreneurship and business ownership is. If you don't have the right information, if you don't have the right accountability, the right support system around you, people who believe in you and will help you, then you're, you're not going to be able to move forward because no person can do it alone. Okay. We're going to go to number two. And once again, I apologize for the little bumpiness in, in this. Uh, we are um, trying to get some bugs out of this new system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so number two, engage, lead relevant conversations. You can't lead a conversation yes. if you don't know what to say. Yes. Yes. This is number two. Okay. So the reason you emerge before you engage is because by the time you get to the engage phase, you have to know what to say to people. And if you have a great coffee business, but you don't know who your target audience is, and you don't know why your coffee is better than anyone else's, what are you going to do? You're going to go look at this coffee and people are going to go, oh, that's a pretty cup of coffee. You know, I have one right here and uh, I order coffee from over there and it's great. So like, catch, why, why should I even be spending any more time on this cup of coffee? So what happens when you get to the emerge phase is all you're doing, I'm sorry, when you get to the engage phase, is you are amplifying what already happened in the emerge phase. So by the time you get into engage, which is essentially telling the world about what you have to offer, it's either going to look great or it's going to look a little on the not great side. Why? Because it all depends on how you have come through your foundation. So are for example, about, are we talking about marketing? We're talking about engaging the world with your message. So we're talking about, your coffee or your Q city Metro, whatever it is. So we're talking about going out into the world, whether it's in a newsletter publication on Instagram or what have you and sharing what you have to offer in a way that engages people and catches their attention and gets them to go, Ooh, I know what's Q city Metro. What is that? Like that's the first step. You've got an engaging logo, or maybe you go on a video and you talk about Q city Metro and how it serves the community and what its purpose is. Right. So people who are bound to understand and embrace that message, right, are going to go, oh, I'm in Charlotte. I'm, 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 I love Q City. Like, I love to support my community. Let me go find out more. 
So you're engaging with them and you're trying to reach the people that you know already would be interested in buying your product or in subscribing to your publication or what have you. And if you start engaging before you know what to say, you're not gonna have anything to talk about. You're gonna be posting pictures of coffee and cats and other things and not saying things that are specifically designed to engage and get at the credit cards, right? You're trying to sell things of the people that you want to buy your products and who are most likely to purchase your products. Can you think of a real world example in this phase? Uh, yes, I can. Um, I've uh, several actually. Um, and I work with people in this phase because oftentimes, again, they think that their products are so great that when people see them, they're just gonna buy them. So here's an example. There's a candle making company that I've worked with over the years to help them to hone their message so that when they go on social media or when they are asked to be on a podcast and they are engaging with the world about what they have to offer, they're able to talk about the purpose of their candles. What do you? What are your candles made out of? Why are they so great? What kind of containers are they in? Why is that better than other sorts of containers? What kinds of fragrances do you use? We use this kind of fragrance. So a certain type of audience is going to be interested in certain types of candles. And so what you want to know is how do I reach the people that are most interested in what it is that I have to offer? So if your candles, for example, are all about, uh, let's just say uh, New England, um, New England ge geography, right? The, the New England part of the country. So maybe you have, you know, fall in New England, right? Or lilacs in spring, all the things that are reminiscent of the New England part of the country. When you go out to engage the world about that, what are you gonna talk about? You're gonna talk about New England. You're gonna talk about the 12 or 15 states that are in New England. You're gonna talk about the weather in New England, the restaurants in New England, the coast of New England, all of the different things that would bring the people who are already interested in that in to find out more, right? You've got their attention. And once you get their attention, then you can start talking with them about it. Oh, I've been to the coast before. You have a candle that smells like that? I think I wanna buy it. My girlfriend's from that part of the country. She would love this, let me buy it for her. So you have a niche and you have a target and you're able to talk to people specifically about what they're already interested in. Okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna go on to the, uh, to the next one. But if you, uh, once again, if you have questions, please put them in the uh, chat. Uh, evolve, slough off the dead skin, stop yes. what's not working. Yes, okay, so by the time you get to the evolve phase, you may be five years into your business, right? This is a marathon, not a sprint. So these aren't things that we don't go through the emerge phase in one week and then we're engaging the next week. It can take, I've seen it take five years for some people to get through this. A lot, a lot, of, times, a lot of times it takes less, but it just, again, it depends on circumstances. Once you get to the evolve phase, you've started to notice patterns in your business, right? You've been in business long enough to know that certain things work, right? And certain things don't work. So you have emerged, that is you have built a solid foundation. The second thing you've done is you've begun to engage with your target customers about the products and services that you offer and they are buying them. So by the time you get to the emerge phase, the, I'm sorry, the evolve phase, you're ready to evolve. So you're ready because you have evidence, you have documentation about what works and what doesn't work. So for example, YouTube doesn't work, Instagram does, ads don't work, 
organic newsletters do. This website worked, this one didn't. I need two employees instead of one. You know, whatever it is you've started to um, get the data that you need to be able to narrow down your focus even more so that you can evolve your business to the next phase. And the next phase could be opening a retail store or opening a second, second uh, restaurant location. It could be hiring more people. It could be lots of different things, but you have gotten your business to the point where you're not foundation, you're not, you already have a solid foundation. You already have a brand community, for example. You have engaged your target audience in a way where they're doing some of the marketing for you, right? They're going on Instagram and saying, I bought this candle and it's awesome. So you're building organically a community around your brand. Once you get to the evolve phase, you are ready to evolve your business and evolve yourself as a leader to the next level of your business. You said something, uh, stop doing what's not working or something yes. like that. Yeah. Uh, I found that to be one of the hardest things about running a business. Uh, yeah. Because you think if I keep, if I keep hammering at it, maybe it will work. Uh, maybe. Mm. And so you, and so you just keep trying and trying and trying this one little thing, this one mm -hmm. little aspect. Uh, how do you know when to, how do you, how do you know when to give up on it? Well, I think it's very important, and that's a good question, to know what it is you're trying to get out of that one little aspect. Like, what is success when it comes to that one thing? And if you have not achieved that level of success after doing everything that you feel you should do to do that, then it's time to do a couple of, maybe one of two things. Number one, replace it with something that might work better so that you can have the same goal, but just change the, the, the details to how you get to it, right? Because there's always more than one way to skin a cat or just turn it off. Like it's not working, just, just stop, it's not working. Perhaps there are other things you can identify in your business that are working that you can bolster or build on so that you can get uh, equivalent results, maybe not the exact same result, but you can make progress and evolve your business to the next level with something that is working, even though you didn't think it would be that thing at first. And Glenn, this is a really good question because I think we all have to get used to the fact that in business, what we think might work is not always gonna work. It's just not, there could be any re number of reasons for that. I, I talked with one of my clients the other day who had a lease in her hand on March 15th last year. She had just signed it. And two days later, she couldn't have a store. Like, and so there was a plan that, um, that wasn't going to work, at least not in the short term. So she quickly had to change her whole business plan immediately and shift to online. But who saw that coming? No one saw that coming. So um, sometimes things just don't work out for whatever reason. I think it's really important, again, Glenn, to know what the goal is so that you can either let the goal go, because sometimes you have to do that. But if you still want it, there's bound to be another way to get at what you want. Alan has a couple of questions. He asked, uh, he, he's asking from emerge to evolve, six to 12 months, 24 months. Ooh, uh, who asked that question, Alan? That is a good question, Alan. And here, you, you might not like my answer, okay? I don't want you to pay attention to the time. I want you to put your head down and move forward with the steps that you know that you want to take to get your business moving forward because it could be it could be six months it could be 24 months we don't know and there is no time schedule for it 
And I wish I could tell you that there was, but there just isn't. Now you may have a personal time schedule. So for example, you wanna quit your job in 24 months, so you're gonna give yourself 24 months to get to a certain point. That may be how you, how you decide to proceed. And, th and that may be the marker that you use. And that is a very personal thing. This goes back to the emerge phase, right? Planning your life. Like, what do you want this business to do for you? And what are your life plans? Um, but I, I can't give you a time frame. It totally depends on so many factors that are unique to people. He also wants to know, uh, how do you define what's working? Well, if, is it getting you to what your goal is? And this goes back to the emerge phase. Like, what is it that you're trying to do? What are you trying to create? Because if you don't define what your end goal is, you'll never know if you got there. So it's very important to know exactly what it is that you're trying to create. And this is going to, you're going to have to tweak this over time, right? I've been in business for 20 years. My business has evolved over the years. The ultimate goal is still the same. I'm still doing the same sort of entrepreneurial training, but I do it differently. So I think it's very important, Alan, for you to be very clear, very clear about what it is that you're trying to do. Because if you are, you will have no doubt if you've achieved it or not. It'll be very clear to you. Well, I've arrived. I did what I set out to do. And that's how you'll know when you've when you've gotten to the point where you've, you know gotten to the gotten to where you want to be if we have another question can you be in two phases at the same time you can and that is such a good question um it, you know and yes you can be in two phases at the same time for, so for example if you are if you have built the foundation for your business and you feel like you're you know you have your trademarks in place you have all these things that are foundational in place you're moving into the emerge phase you may still have some things to tie up so for example if the only thing that's holding you back is getting that trademark done, but you've looked around the internet and you're pretty sure that no one else is using your brand name and you've locked everything down on social media, well, there's no reason why you shouldn't go ahead and move into the eMERGE phase and start sharing your brand with the world while you're hiring a trademark attorney to help you shore up that brand on the back end. Now, there's obvious risks associated with doing that, right? with coming out before that bow is tied, but people do it all the time and it's very common. Usually if all the social media is available and you've Googled and nobody's using the name, the chances are very slim that anyone is. And so yes, you can be into it at the same time. And I'll also say this, Glenn, uh, to answer that question, is this a cyclical? Because every single time you launch a new product, you have to go through the emerge phase, right? It's a new product you've been selling coffee for a while now you want to open a restaurant right well you can't start in the evolve phase with your restaurant you've got to go back to the emerge phase and lay a solid foundation for a brick and mortar business with tables and chairs and insurance for people if they slip and fall and eat a bad egg or whatever it is you never had to do that with coffee so you're starting over again so as your as your business grows as you grow as your brand expands and evolves you are gonna be adding new products to your line. And every time you do, you're gonna emerge, you're gonna engage about that new product and you're gonna evolve it. And then you're gonna move forward from there. So these cycles continue over and over again. And once you've been through the whole cycle once, you can do it again and you can do it again. And that's where you get into multiple income streams, All right, which is the go. next phase. <laughs> yes, and that's, uh, that's a good Expanding. segue. Expanding. 
expand, yes. multiply your success, build on yes. a, build on an, an existing platform of uh, success. Someone asked yes. me to leave it on the screen a little longer this time, uh, okay. but uh, go ahead and start talking about the expansion phase. Okay, so with the expansion phase, again, you have built a solid platform. You've you have emerged, you have engaged, and you have evolved that brand or that business to the point where it is solid, the income is coming in, the systems are in place, right? You know you have a webinar every Monday at three o'clock, and you know that you have the doors open in your restaurant, you know, from seven to two. Like you have systems in place. You have employees if you've decided to have them. During the evolve phase, you have put all these things in place so that your business is running less. And hopefully a lot of it can run without you having to be doing everything. So when you get to the expand phase, you're ready to say, okay, we've launched this product and it was great. Now we're going to add this. So for example, you started off with a coffee brand and it became so popular online. People love the coffee. What's one of the next logical things they might ask for? They might want to come drink it in a place where they can meet their friends and enjoy all this coffee or ice cream or whatever it is. And so you can expand your brand, expand your business to add other income streams. If you get really, really good at selling coffee, you might also start a business coaching new coffee makers, right? Like how to build a successful coffee brand. So then you have another income stream. Um, there are a variety of different things that you can do to expand a successful platform. Let's just look at Starbucks, okay? Years ago when Starbucks first hit the market, they had, you know, these boutique stores where they sold coffee. Right? That was it. You couldn't get anything else. But as time has evolved, they've added uh other drinks. They've added graham crackers and potato chips and food. I don't know what you think about their food, but they have food. They didn't start off that way. They have CDs now, right? They have music. They have coffee mugs and all those things didn't start with that. So what they did was they built a solid foundation first. And once they had an audience, because here's one of my favorite quotes, if you have an audience, you can sell anything, right? Steve Harvey sells bacon. Did you guys know that? Like he reps for bacon, like, cause he can sell anything because he has an audience. So people want him to sell their products. So expansion is all about taking that solid, successful income producing platform and adding another one on top of it or how two do you know, or three. How do you know when to not do that? Uh, in other words, I think of uh, I think of a company like McDonald's. Mm -hmm. They for however many decades they've been around, they burgers and fries and cokes have or drinks have been their primary product. Yes, they've they've tinkered around the edges a little but they're a burger joint. You're not going to go in there and get a steak. You're not going to go in there and, uh, you know, get shrimp and grits. Um, <laughs> so what do you, how do you know, how do you know when to, when to expand onto a different, into different products and how far should you go? Should you, should you stick basically to what's, what's working for you? Mm -hmm. These are really good questions. Let me answer it this way. Part of this is answered by what kind of life you want to have, right? The first question in the emerge phase is what kind of life do you want to have, right? You want to, you want to have multiple income streams in your life. You got to manage that. Like that's a lifestyle choice. So if you don't want that, then don't add anything, right? Just don't. 
If you do, however, and you think you, you know, your life would be complemented by having more, then, then you kind of want to look further into it. So that's the first thing, Glenn, is to really look at what you want your life to look like. Because the more you add on to a business, the more complication you add to your life and the more people you add to your life. And where there are people, there are always problems, right? So you kind of have to look at the complexities that you want to have in your life as you're making this decision. But if you decide to go ahead and do that, Glenn, the answer lies right in front of you in your customers because you're engaging with them. You're listening to them. You're asking them questions. You're on the Instagram or the newsletter or the restaurant or whatever it is, and you're talking with them, right? And so your customers might say, you know what, we really, we really love coffee, but we we really we we like tea now because you know we like herbal tea because you know we're not into caffeine anymore. If enough of your customers tell you that and you're not listening, you're missing out on an opportunity. So the answers, Glenn, are almost always in the mind of your customers. And if you are talking with them and you are listening to them and you open dialogues with them and they start saying, I would like to try this. Why don't you try that? Have you thought of that? And you hear that all the time coming from different people. That's a clue that it's a place where you might want to investigate and go. And the other thing I'll say is this. With entrepreneurship, just like so many aspects of life, a lot of things are experiments. So a lot of times what I suggest people do is find the lowest, easiest way to test a new product, like the minimum viable product that you can test. If you want to go in a different direction and try something new, try it on a small scale and see how it goes. And you can announce that to your customers. We're trying something new. We don't know if it's going to work, but we want to know what you think. So we've put together, you know, 100 limited edition products or 100 you know, whatever it is, maybe 50, depending on what it is. And we're going to try this out on a limited basis and see what you guys think. And let them let them give you their feedback. They love it or they hate it. You've, you've minimized your investment by making it a limited edition or a trial sort of a product. You haven't committed to anything. So you haven't done a lot of packaging. You haven't, you know, created a whole new logo for it or what have you. You've just tried something new. And in the in today's economy and the way business moves so fast today, you can do that really fast. You talk about lifestyle a lot, and and yes. I don't know if you remember, but you and I met for lunch one day, and you said something that kind of surprised me. You said said something to the effect of that successful businesses aren't always big businesses or something, yes. but it but they but they match your lifestyle, the lifestyle yeah. you want for yourself. And you've yeah. talked about that a little today that, you know, talk, talk just a minute about that before we go to the final one. Well, Glenn, in, in my experience and in my experience coaching other people, um, business, it is a lifestyle choice. I mean, you know, jobs aren't what they used to be in terms of being easy to come by. They were a lot easier to come by years ago when I started my business. Today, it's a little bit different, but you're gonna spend the bulk of your professional time if you have a business running your business. So I think it's really important that you create a business that suits your lifestyle. Like don't create a business and then try to retrofit your life around it. Create a business that is going to complement your lifestyle. So for example, if you wanna live on a cliff, you know, looking over the San Francisco Bay, you're going to start a very different business than you are if you just want to live in, you know, South Charlotte, right? 
you're, you're going to need a lot more money and a lot of, of different sorts of things in San Francisco that you don't need here. And that is why it's so important to know what you want to understand what kind of lifestyle that you want to have so that you can define that for yourself and then build a business around that. Let's go to the final phase. Uh, and this is the one that always makes me a little sad. Oh, yeah. Exit. Build something <laughs> that outlives you, leave a legacy in yeah. your way. So you spent your lifetime or a big chunk of your lifetime building something and, yeah. and now... And now you are saying it's time to exit. Well, all good things must come to an end at some point, right? I mean, let's be honest. None of us is going to live forever. And if you're the leader of the business and something happens to you um, and you want the business to go on, you're going to need to have some sort of a succession plan or idea or something in place for it to continue. So you want to make sure that at every stage of your business, you have that in mind. Do you want to build your business so you can sell it? Well, if that's the specific goal that you have, then obviously you want to make sure that you are really, really maximizing your sales price at the end of your 20 years or 10 years or whatever. So you're really going to be focused on making sure that you have all those T's crossed and all those I's dotted, that you, that you don't have any tax blemishes on your business, that you have all your trademarks secured. Because someone who's going to come along and buy your business, that's going to be their first question. Like, they don't want to buy a problem. They will just start their own business and buy a problem, right? So if that's what you're doing, then you want to make sure that you have certain things in place. If you're building your business and you just want to close it when you're done, uh, I have a, 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 a colleague who sold uh, essential oils from all over the world for 20 years. He and his wife, Christopher and Susan. They never had a single employee, and that was all they did. The packaging, the shipping, the smelling, the sourcing, the traveling around the world, they did it all by themselves. In October, they sent out an email and said, we're done, we're selling everything, it's gone, it's over. They didn't sell their customer list. They didn't give their customer list away. The website just disappeared off the face of the internet. That was it. That was their plan, right? That was their exit plan, and they were very clear about that because they knew what they wanted to do. So it's really important to know what you want to do so you can structure your activities to lead you to that place when the time comes for you to exit your business. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Donna Maria. We have just one more, uh, we have just one more screen to share and it is our thank you oh. to you. <laughs> and, well, thank you. And if you want to get in touch with Donna Maria, her, uh, her uh, email address is really simple, Donna Maria at DonnaMaria.com. Yes. And yes. thank you so much. Once again, this uh, a, a video of this will be at the same link you used to get here almost immediately afterwards, so or anytime later. If you want to watch watch uh, a, a replay, you can always go back, watch it again, and. Uh, uh, share it with your friends, post it on your social media. We would appreciate get, helping get the word out about what we are trying to do for small business owners in the Charlotte area and uh, beyond. So thank you again for joining us. And thank you, Donna Maria. Thank you for having me, Glenn. Thanks, everyone.